1: welcome to a brand new episode of history we forgot this is morrison with my co-host
2: Christie phillips
1: how you doing miss phillips welcome back good to be back good to be back <laughs> glad to have you back always <laughs> uh you're at least a consistent host <laughs> hey i try <laughs> uh today we got a special episode for you we'll be talking about uh assassinations of the 60s and everything that happened that way <laughs> the hard way but mainly the big ones uh we know quite about quite a bit about some of our some of these assassinations. We're going to delve away from the conspiracy part of it, try to get away from that, and I think um, I think we can kind of get through the truth part of it a little bit faster that way without having to worry about if JFK killed himself <laughs> or aliens killed Martin Luther King. Oh dear. Oh yes, um, but yeah, let's uh, kind of start off with uh, kind of a lesser known one uh, that doesn't get taught in schools: uh, Megar Evers. Uh, big civil rights leader in the early 60s 50s um and of all of these that we'll be talking about um and just kind of preamble a bunch of these we'll be talking about uh, martin luther king mm-hmm. robert kennedy john kennedy malcolm x mm-hmm. and mr evers uh mr evers was the one only one to ever be killed in his house yes uh that that is i think that makes it the most ruthless one i think yes uh, in my opinion um because the first time I ever heard about it wasn't in school. It was from the movie, *Ghost of Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's depicted very well uh, in that movie, I think. Yes. Um, when was the first time you heard about him? Was it the same way? Or? Yes,
2: I had never heard about him at all until the Ghosts of Mississippi movie. And I agree. Very well done in the movie. And I, I could be wrong, but I think that his children actually play his children in the movie later as he's depicted later in life. Um, his wife is played by Whoopi Goldberg in the movie. Yeah. And later on in the nineties, you see, uh, the children as they're grown up. And I think they actually are represented as his, the people that play his children are played by his children in real life. I believe.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I believe that is correct. Um, there's also um, the only character in the movie that's not played by an original person, other than your main big cast, is um, the uh, DJ, the radio DJ. Mm-hmm. I believe it was his uh, brother-in-law or brother, 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 um, who talked about him and talked about how the case really handled happened in the in the six uh, in the sixties and how kind of how everybody got railroaded a little bit, except for Byron De Mm-hmm. Uh, going into this real quick, uh, he was a civil rights leader out of Mississippi. Uh, I believe this is around the same time as the uh, the Mississippi Burnins incident where uh, the three civil rights leaders went mm-hmm. down south and were murdered by police and Klan members. Mm-hmm. One and two are the same. <laughs> yes. Uh, and the FBI went down there and found them. Uh, this is around that same period uh, where there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, to give you guys kind of a context, uh, if you don't know, uh, the civil rights movement take, goes on to full head in the early 60s, uh, plays off the the hard work of uh, the civil rights leaders in the 50s. Um, and this is you know all post-World War II, yes. all post-Korea. Um, a lot of servicemen are coming back from fighting for the United States and only to come home to uh, kind of a detrimental crisis uh, in their own neighborhoods uh racism is you know fair game in the deep south uh and we'll get into malcolm x and his ideas about that uh mm-hmm. in the north and the west um but yeah uh, so uh, late night uh, we have dates
2: um uh yes was born on july 2nd 1925 in decatur mississippi Um, He was actually drafted in 1943 by the U.S. Army, and he served in France and Germany uh, during World War II. Uh, He was also the first field secretary for the NAACP in Mississippi. Uh, His job at that time would have been voter registration, economic boycotts. Uh, He would have investigated crimes. Uh, one of the things that he was most noted for is he tried to bring about more investigations for the murder lynching of Emmett Till, yeah. which got him a lot of notoriety, uh, good and bad. Another one of the things that got him a lot of notoriety is he tried to uh, get accepted to the University of Mississippi, and he was denied and he also brought about a lawsuit for racial discrimination. And his attorney is a very popular person, very uh, famous name, Thurgood Marshall.
1: Yeah. Um, so going into going into that little back part of uh, being drafted into the military, mm-hmm. uh, this was actually a big part of uh, um, Eisenhower's plan, mm-hmm. was to integrate the military as soon as possible. He wasn't very successful at it. Yeah. Uh, but he did try. He's... I, I do see him credited a lot as the first civil rights president. Yes. Uh, in the modern age, um, he did have uh, a lot of stern things to say to fellow generals such as Patton, who had sympathies toward some ideologies that didn't quite match up with the U.S. man's military. Hmm. Um. Yeah. So in the Emmett Thiel, uh just recently. Uh, the woman that accused Emmett Teal uh, had recently passed away. Yes, she passed this year. And admitted that she lied. hmm Which uh, that lie kind of set the sp- spark to the match a little bit mm-hmm. to the whole fuse of this whole era of the 60s. This whole little microcosm that ripples all the way to now and still dealing with some issues today. Um, I do see that kind of thing, though, like you want to look on the brighter side of that kind of thing that I don't did you see the movie Teal did you see that I watched a documentary uh,
2: very recently called Let the World See yeah Uh, I think it I could be wrong I think it was like ABC had done it Mm -hmm. and it was more it was actually more focused on Mamie Till Mobley his mother (laughs) but it did talk about talked about Emmett Till's life prior and then her crusade after to get the crime recognized and everything like that but uh, when we were in Washington D.C. at the Holocaust Museum uh, several of us actually went to the uh, African American History Museum and they have a very large exhibit about Emmett Till. It's um, a very
1: neat museum,
2: yeah, uh, we couldn't actually get in there there The room was standing room only. You couldn't actually get another person in there. We wanted to go in, but you couldn't
1: yeah um but yeah, that's you know that's a whole different kind of situation. This is a civilian who came from out of town to mm-hmm. meet his family, brutally murdered. Uh, and there's really nothing they could could have done to stop it, and it kind of showed the world like what the deep south was mm-hmm. in a negative light which is good you need to to show the dirty part of it yes Um, you can kind of see this kind of adding just like it seems like a a wave after wave after wave type Mm -hmm. situation of it's getting worse it's getting worse let's go ahead and deal with this now yes Um, and it doesn't quite come to a head until about 1968
0: 1969
1: with the end of the 60s Mm -hmm. um in the death of the hippie generation yeah. or the, the hippie movement. Mm-hmm. The, we're still dealing with hippies today. <laughs> Just say like the, the worst fucking people. <laughs> <laughs> they are. Um, but yeah, so he returns one night from uh, a, a meeting, a late night meeting. Mm-hmm. Uh, his, his wife is inside. She's still awake. Uh, his kids are inside watching I believe uh, the way this depicted is uh, watching a, a speech by John F. Kennedy yes. on the television. Uh, meanwhile, a uh, uh, Mr. Byron D. La Beckwith, mm-hmm. uh, a known Klansman uh, and pillar of his community, yeah. is posted up in the woods mm-hmm. uh, across the way, waiting for him to come home uh, after these meetings. And you can hear on the radio them talking about him and talking about you know the whole protest and everything. And he just sits and waits mm-hmm. and. Guns him down right there in his driveway.
2: Shoots him in the back.
1: Yeah, and it's 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 just a wild kind of scene. If you if you guys get a chance, check out the movie. It's on HBO Max right now. Uh, it just got added oddly enough for this podcast to start. Yes. Uh, it, but it is one of our favorite movies. Yes. Because it's uh, there's there's some really well done acting in that movie from Alan Baldwin, William H Macy, uh, just Whoopi Goldberg does a fantastic job. Yes. And I, James Woods is the most racist prick
2: yes I, I believe I could be wrong but I believe Whoopi Goldberg got an Oscar I want to say
1: uh, I'm not sure uh, she got some
2: kind of an award I yeah. know she
1: got some kind of an award for her portrayal but she yeah, did uh, an amazing Virginia job Virginia Madsen's in it as well oh yeah uh, a, lot, a lot of stellar got people in here yes uh, they do a fantastic job And uh, but yeah so the he's eventually arrested for the crime yes and this is where the kind of junk part of it kind of sticks out. Um, so, a trial of sorts is held. Mm-hmm. Um, and during the trial, they kind of go after his wife. Uh, if you if you watch carefully in the movie, the way it's depicted, uh, in some of the court transcripts, they go after her race.
2: Yes, a he- lot.
1: Heavily. But they, they re- there's something they reference about her name, her maiden name. And to quote the... Uh, defense defense attorney he requires, is that a Mau Mau name do you know the significance of that question I do not the Mau Mau is of former Native Americans that existed that were wiped out who also owned slaves hmm. this was also a racist like inner joke uh, that actually that if you think about it today if there was like some inner joke being played in a courtroom you like, that's kind of crass and disgusting, but this is a straight-up racist joke. He asks her, and it throws her off her game a little bit. Yes. Um, and the jury of his peers voted him uh, not guilty, mm-hmm. um, and Byron D. Black was was set free. Later on, however, the case gets reopened for the last time. Uh, Miss Evers had been trying constantly getting evidence, doing all this, and she kept getting pushed back, pushed back. Um, and I believe it's the late 80s, early 90s?
2: It is actually 1997.
1: Yeah. What a good time to be in the country. After two
2: hung juries.
1: Yeah. And uh, Mr. DeLauder.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: Uh, played by Alec Baldwin in the movie. Uh, kind of takes on this case in... All everybody in the office he works for is like this is a dead case, you ain't gonna win, you can't do nothing about it, it's dead in the water. But he sticks it out, mm-hmm. um, and I don't, I don't want to, you know, upplay the, the the attorneys on in Mississippi of all of all people, but um, they do stick it out enough to re-prosecute Byron De La Beckwith, which it's kind of odd because. It comes on the heels of, you know, what is double jeopardy? You know, he's, he has been charged with a crime. He was found innocent in the crime, in a court of law. Mm-hmm. But they use a, uh, a legal loophole uh, based on the jury that maybe there was uh, jury tampering. Yes. That was the whole crux of it. So now the retrial is allowed. And oh my God, people out of the woodwork show up in this. Mm-hmm. Which, and fun fact about 1997, this was the rise of um, the new Ku Klux Klan uh, around the time, and also the American Nazi Party. Uh, a lot of different hate groups kind of stuck on this hard, and it, it kind of plays it kind of plays itself out in a very in a very rough way because we get. We get an informant from back in the day who was part of the Klan. Yes. This unique individual.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, and I don't know, if, have you ever, you ever looked up the investigations into the Klan from back in the day? Yes. It is hilarious. These guys are fucking children.
2: Yes. Oh, my God.
1: Like, going back, not even to the 60s, like, even to, like, the 20s and, you know, 30s and 40s and 50s, like, especially the 50s. The 50s has the biggest joke about the Klan where a guy joins the clan undercover and writes down their entire bullshit from memory Mm -hmm. and realizes that their whole secret code is the same as a radio play for fucking Superman.
2: Oh, my God.
1: And so he's able to decode all that bullshit through the fucking Superman radio show. Oh, my God. It is fantastic. It... (laughs) They're like, I don't want to give them too much credence on this show, but they are fucking joke.
2: Oh, absolutely.
1: They make up their own words. They're no different from a cult, which we'll probably cover them on a different cult podcast. But
2: <laughs> wonder which one that'll be.
1: You'll find out next. <laughs> but um, um
2: but, I I do want to uh, retract one statement. I said '97. He was actually convicted in 1994.
1: I yeah. apologize. Um, the reason I asked is because like, there was another man, uh, in North Carolina. That was charged uh, for a crime. The uh, church bombings in Georgia. Yes. Bombing. Now here's here's this, this is the name. His name is Bobby Chambliss, mm-hmm. also known as Bombing Bobby Chambliss. Yes. Uh, he blew up a uh, a church, and I believe in Georgia, in Atlanta, I believe, and it killed three little girls. Yes. These were, along with Mr. Emmett Till, these were the children that were murdered in the civil rights movement. Yes. These are just straight up victims. And if you go down this rabbit hole of the sixties, fifties and you know, the late forties, it's kind of countless number of victims. Yes. It's always been this way down there up until that point, you know, it's, you know, collateral damage. Mm -hmm. And we'll get more into that with Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, a lot of collateral damage gets taken. Uh, But yeah, Mr. Uh, Mr. DeLotta, DeLotter, uh, ends up fracturing his family a little bit because of this. Because his first wife tells him, You need to stop, you need to stop, um, because it's going to ruin their lives. And she ends up leaving him. Mm-hmm. And he ends up meeting another woman. Um,
2: Who is very supportive and thinks what he's doing is a good thing. Yeah. Uh,
1: a good, like, mirror of this in fiction is A Time to Kill. Uh because it's someone fighting the good fight, but mm-hmm. it's set in the nineties as a man who defended his family for against two gentlemen who to I believe the quote was, I hope they died, they die and burn in burning hell. <laughs> and I will answer it as that's too
2: good for them. Yeah.
1: Um What a great movie though. <laughs>
2: It was an amazing movie.
1: The only fiction part was him cheating on Ashley Judd. Uh, <laughs> that's a fiction. That's a goddamn fact. Um, but no, go back, back to this. Uh, so they do end up convicting him.
2: Yes. he is Straight con- up. He is sentenced to life, and he uh, dies in prison. Oh, no. Uh, oh, no. Such a, such a tragedy. In January of 2001 at 80 years old.
1: Mm. Right when the Bush years just kick off, he missed the whole thing.
2: So he outlived Medgar Evers when Medgar Evers was killed on June 12th, 1963. He was 39 years old.
1: Uh, And another kind of big thing that doesn't get talked about, um, you know, we're we're talking about the environment America's going through right now. One of its allied leaders had also died around this time, um, President DiEM of Vietnam. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was murdered through a coup which kind of makes Vietnam get worse mm-hmm. very quickly yes and before Kennedy has a t- chance to really you know deal with the situation and kind of address it like he should have he is killed in Dallas yes uh, and we'll get to that one next um I like to do these in chronological order <laughs> just mm-hmm. as much as possible um but yeah so justice is actually just finally served in 94 yes and it's kind of horrific that this one is the one that gets swept under the rug a lot you know Yes. Uh, of the other four members we're going to talk about of the Assassination 60s, they are big. They are massive people in history. Mm-hmm. And rightfully they should be. But the reason I want to talk about this lesser one is because I think it's a great introduction. If I was to teach a class, this is who I want to introduce. This is one of those guys who killed in cold blood and the world just didn't blink. Yes. And it took the deaths of a president, a candidate for president, and two civil rights leaders on two opposite ends. Absolutely. Of how to approach the civil rights movement, and this one just gets swept under the rug, and it's it's kind of sad that because I never this is the one I never heard in school. This is the one that never gets played up at all, unless you watch TNT as a kid, because then you then you know about it.
2: Now, there were there were two things that I found out about this that I did not know when I did my research for this that I learned. Uh, in
1: 2009... Oh, you sure about that? I, no, I'm just saying. This God, is, God's like, check yourself, bitch.
2: Okay, <laughs> according to biography.com, yeah. <laughs> in 2009, there was a naval vessel named after Medgar Evers. Okay. And in 2017... Uh, Barack Obama declared Megraevers' home a national historical landmark.
1: Yeah, and it kind of—I'm not going to say it worked itself out because the man did die. Yes, nothing, nothing really works itself out. No. Um, but going into like the teaching part of this, mm-hmm. uh, when you know your you know your semester about to start up soon, you know mm-hmm. you're about to go back to school and start teaching. Uh, how would you approach this? Would you would this be one of the things you include in a if you were to make it to the sixties? I know it's very hard to make mm-hmm. it through the decades. How would you approach this in a classroom of people who probably don't know who half these people are?
2: If I were gonna if I were gonna put Medgar Evers in there, I would start. I would have him as a start because if you want to talk about, I like to approach this as the kids tell me all the time they're like we know about this stuff we've heard this stuff we're in high school now we've heard about these people a lot um, well then I would say how many of you know who Medgar Evers is yeah. and even if they know I'm going to tell them well hey did you know that his assassination directly led to support for the legislation of the Civil Rights Act of 1964 Yeah. and then when they go no. I said, okay. Did you know that him starting out where he did helped to lead towards better investigations for Emmett Till and investigations towards the death of the Freedom Riders, like you were talking about Goodman, Cheney, and Schwarner, yeah. and things like that? Medgar Evers was the spark for the civil was one of the sparks for the civil rights movement. He was one of the big leaders to start it off. So this is your beginning. Yeah. So this would be where I would start them at.
1: Yeah. Um, and like I said earlier, I would probably do the same thing mm-hmm. if I had a classroom. Um, and I think just for the fact that we saw this as kids, mm-hmm. kind of, Kind of is the only reason we know this. Yeah, and it's same with like Mississippi Burning. You know, Mississippi Burning is that other movie. Yeah, we watch. This uh, <laughs> I like. I like the scale. Someone said, like, how bad is it? Is it like, is it like New York in the eighties bad, or is it like Mississippi Burning bad? <laughs> Oof. <laughs> you <know what> I'm <laughs> yeah, saying? that is the scale. Yeah, that's the scale. Yeah. <laughs> um, and going into this, you know, he dies in June of sixty three. Yes. Not much long afterward, John F. Kennedy decides to ride with the top down in Dallas. Ooh! Uh, now we've we've covered some conspiracies on this in another <laughs> podcast, which we will cover more conspiracies, like his eventual suicide, <laughs> <laughs> or the uh, the driver killed him, which is my favorite. <laughs> but no, well, let's go into this one. Uh, John F. Kennedy uh, comes in on the scene young blood coming in on the presidential race of uh, 1960 strong strong policy strong you know economic reform on, that's all that's all his ticket that's yes. all him he Andy's, comes from a dynasty of of people though yes. and
2: he's a war hero yeah Yeah, we'll call him that. (laughs) Okay, let me rephrase that. He's he was uh, a
1: guy that was in a war. Yeah, he's
2: he's a uh, veteran.
1: (laughs) He's a veteran. He's a veteran. Foreign war. Um, Yeah. So one of the things about the Kennedys is the curse of the Kennedys, which will affect both characters in this uh, story: John F. Kennedy and Robert Fitzgerald Kennedy. Yes,
2: and their children
1: (laughs) eventually. Mainly Robert Kennedy's kids, because he had, uh, I believe, it was seventeen. Mm. he liked to fuck (laughs) a lot yikes and his wife was down with it too so but no just going into the Kennedys real quick for people that don't know uh, they are a dynasty family yes um, by their father Joe Kennedy and Mm -hmm. and, uh, their mom mother uh, Rose Kennedy yes they had a litany of children Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I think uh, or a pack let's just call it a pack (laughs) because they're all a bunch of fucking wolves and killers Except for Rosemary, oh. Rosemary got up the worst and outlived them all. Yes. Except for Ted, but that's another story.
2: <laughs> yes, that is whole another whole story.
1: episode about lobotomy is coming up. <laughs>
2: oh, let's let's not. No,
1: no. <laughs> refresh your mind. Open your brains, folks. Wide the fuck open. Oh, uh, just like John. Hey. Um, hey, I'm bringing some levity to this. All right. There's time has passed. It's okay to make fun of it. Do I have to throw something at you again? You could try. <laughs> So, anyway, uh, during the time of Kennedy's administration, there's a lot of hardships that happened to him. Yes. Um, one is the Bay of Pigs incident. Yes. Uh, the other is the nuclear standoff in the Atlantic with the Russian military,
2: which is represented in a wonderful movie called 13 Days.
1: Yeah, it's fantastic. Yes. Uh, the only movie that is bad is JFK. <laughs> it's revisionist history made by a kid named Oliver Stone. <laughs>
2: Hey, now there's some good actors that do a good job in that movie. I've been asleep all my life. <laughs> hey, I, I, still, I still maintain that Joe Pesci did an amazing job in that movie.
1: Oh, and the whole, like, homosexual <laughs> agenda is, 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 is brazen with Tommy Lee Jones. Um, it, him getting on, Joe Pesci getting on screen with those eyebrows, I mean. Oh, yeah. It's that alopecia guy with the big giant eyebrows looking looking like a cartoon character. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but some mm. of the things that are marked in JFK's presidency, his thousand days, you know, that's, that's it. Yeah. It's a thousand days. That's all he got. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of marred with a lot of bad shit with the opening salvo in Vietnam. The, like I said, the Bay of Pigs incident where, um, just a brief summary, uh, Cuban exiles were trained to participate in a coup mm-hmm. uh, in Cuba without air support and failed and were murdered. Yes. And this kind of sparks the tensions in the cold war that makes it worse. Yes. Uh, Throughout the decades till 1989, there were incidents that made it worse and worse and worse. But this is the one that about destroyed the world Mm -hmm. uh, with the 13 days incident. Luckily there was a Russian guy who, who, you know, took his finger off the trigger and was like, I want to go home Mm -hmm. and, you know, the guys on the other side like, yeah, I agree. Dasvidanya. don't let the screen door hit you on the way up. Yes. Like, um, but with that said, like, I don't, like, that. do you think that he would have won in 1964 <laughs> after all this? I, it's a very hard question. One, we're not from that decade. We're just looking at it as outsiders in
2: honestly I I can't say for absolute 100 like I can't literally spit yes or no Mm. but I would say that I think the likelihood is very good that he would have because there was a lot of he was working his way towards ending Vietnam yeah, and I think the general public could see that he was really working his way towards ending it and there was a lot of Him trying to bring peace, you could see it. Yeah, now, there granted there were a lot of a lot of mess ups, a lot of Yeah. It, he did fess up to a lot of stuff that he did. Yeah. And he goofed and he said he did. That was one of the things that looking back at the footage of things, I got really interested when he literally got on television and said the Bay of Pigs thing happened. There's nobody else to say was responsible for it because I am the leader of the United States and if anybody is to say they're responsible for it I am the commander in chief and I am responsible for this technically he could have put that off on his advisors he could have put that off on the FBI he could have put that off on the CIA he could have put that off on a whole lot of people he literally said you know my bad I take responsibility for it it's my fault
1: it's my bad how about some good chowder Jackie
2: (laughs) It didn't quite sound like that but yeah pretty
1: yeah, much yeah. uh he did well he, okay.
2: <laughs> and yeah he to me jfk was one of the presidents where he never tried to be anything other than human yeah he didn't try to present himself to be this otherworldly kind of guy
1: on the on the back end of this uh one of the highlights of his administration was the space race program you know yes. NASA. uh And I could do a whole conspiracy about NASA because you know what NASA stands for, right? Never a straight answer. Um,
2: I figured it was Nazi something or other. Oh, no, it's probably just
1: Nazis, aerospace, (laughs) Nazi, 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 America.
2: (laughs) We kidnapped Nazi scientists and did what with them? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, That'll be a fun episode Uh, because I have some very stern words to say about some Germans and Americans in that one. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, so with JFK, just going into it, uh, he is shot in Dealey Plaza uh, November 23rd 22nd 22nd of 1963 by a Mr. Lee Harvey Oswald Uh, to quote the facts uh, Lee Harvey Oswald uh, shot at a moving target at 250 feet three shots got off three perfect rounds and a kill shot Uh, Lee Harvey Oswald then exited the smoke depository building shot a cop went to a theater got his ass kicked by a bunch of cops in the theater and was arrested on site the end Thank you for my work. This is my Warren report, Miss Phillips. I hope you enjoy. Uh, I'm going to go sit and contemplate whether or not the government's lying to me about aliens right now. I know it's a whole lot smaller. I know that Warren
2: report's a whole lot smaller than the actual Warren report that came out.
1: Yeah. So, uh, going into that just real quick. Uh, <laughs> the Warren report was super rushed. Yes. Because LBJ is like, LBJ was actually acting. acting. Here's, here's what I believe. He was acting in a superfluous manner. To get this shit over with, mm-hmm. because Vietnam is ramping the fuck up. Yes, he needs focus. He needs. He can't have this conspiracy bullshit talk going around. So mm-hmm. I believe that what he was doing was just trying to eliminate faithlessness in the government.
2: We need a period at the end of a
1: sentence, and we need it yesterday. Yeah. Now, excuse me while I go piss on this guy.
2: <laughs> yeah, pretty much.
1: Yeah, um, the the J LBJ legacy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you were talking about the uh, Civil Rights Act of 1964. Yes. Uh, There were expansions added on in 65, 66 Mm -hmm. uh, during the Johnson administration. Yes. uh, Before he decided to bow out Mm -hmm. um, in 68, which is probably the worst fucking year of the 60s, 1968. Um, But yeah, so barring all conspiracies (laughs) for this show. Yes. The facts are Lee Harvey Oswald shot Kennedy. For some dumbass reason, the end. Yeah. Now, me and Chrissy will be happy to do a whole new episode <laughs> of JFK and the conspiracy about how Marilyn Monroe didn't die and probably shot him.
2: <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna say Marilyn shot him, but I Folk, mean, <laughs> if
1: folks, if you go into the conspiracy part of this, it is a goddamn sniper's delight in oh, Dallas. Oh, there are.
2: Oh, god. Twelve
1: undeniable unknown shooters. <laughs> Everyone was taking a shot at him. But oh. I, th- I think some of the factual stuff that uh, that is kind of heartbreaking in this is when they arrive in Love Field, uh, and he's on a tour. Like, he's on a campaign tour in 1963, yes, pretty he much. stops at several places. Yeah, and the, the Secret Service are running ragged. They, they, they're they just trying to keep up. But a big thing was this was he's getting more involved with his wife's now. Like, this was a big part of their relationship that she even talks about in her some of her books. Mm-hmm. Is like, hey, they started really to reconnect on this tour, um, and he kind of laid it out to her like, hey, this is what we could be. This is what our legacy could be. Yeah. Uh, granted, he is a horn dog who had a sex addiction, yeah. whatever that means. <laughs> who doesn't like to get off? History podcast. Focus. 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 <gasps> focus. Three shots at three. Three shots in 10 seconds. What the fuck? Like, it's perfect. Through a tree. <laughs> Through a tree. Well, that's, no, that's later on. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's later on. That's when the government kills somebody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's 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 coming up. Um, <laughs> pardon me. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, pardon the interruption on that. Uh, sorry. <laughs> um, but no, so like, it is just in conspiracy and enigmas and all this. But one of the sad things is there's a big crowd waiting at Love Field mm-hmm. outside Dallas. And Governor Conley, his wife, meet him there. And he's seeing all these people. They're cheering for him. You know, and this is Texas. Yeah. Very anti-liberal state all around. The whole reason LBJ's on the ticket is because he's a Texan. Yep. And they need to pull that vote. And LBJ's the one to do it. But Connolly says to John Kennedy, he's like, Mr. Kennedy, while they're in the car, Mm-hmm watching these people cheer
0: because
1: mm-hmm. they go for because they leave Love Field go to a convention center he gives a speech and they leave and go through Dealey Plaza mm-hmm. before they get to Dealey Plaza Connolly turns around in his chair in the car and says you see this Mr. Kennedy President Kennedy you can't say Dallas doesn't love you that is a fact that happened mm-hmm. and then moments later as soon as they go through Dealey Plaza also known as Sniper's Paradise yeah uh People say three shots rang out.
2: Rumors are there were echoes. Some say there were more than three.
1: Could have been the Secret Service. It could have been the driver.
2: Could have been Cuban exiles. Could have been the FBI, the CIA, the mafia. mafia.
1: Homosexuals. (laughs) Just saying. Oliver Stone said it was homosexuals. A cabal of homosexuals. Which... If you're thinking about, like, a group of homosexuals, I think that's the nicest way to say that.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> God.
1: Uh, but, yeah, so that's, that's the end of that. But, like, going into, you know, Byron Deal Beckwith from Edgar Evers is a vehement racist. Yes. Klansman, just overall asshole. Yes. Oswald is more of a conundrum.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Oswald is this... Patsy. <laughs> basically, that's what he said right before he gets gunned yeah, down. Yeah,
2: he basically says, you know, they set me up. Yeah, this they, is all set up.
1: I've not been charged with anything. Yeah, and I don't even have a lawyer. Nobody will represent me. Nobody will come down here and help me. If you listen to the audio, there is one journalist in the in the group saying, you were charged with killing the president, dumbass. Like, there's a guy, like, literally a journalist, like, you were charged with killing the president. Yeah. God damn it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this one kind of has a big aftermath of... Mm-hmm. Not just the president being killed in the modern times, but conspiracy. Well, it, it probably wouldn't be. I mean, granted, it's,
2: it's got to be. Well, it don't got to be, but it is. It's this level because it's a president that gets assassinated pretty much on in a crowd. He gets killed in a crowd. But then not only does the president get killed... Then Lee Harvey Oswald gets shot on live television. Yes. Uh,
1: <laughs> by Jack Ruby. Yeah. Uh, fun. A little side note about Jack Ruby that you didn't know. He had schizophrenia. Hmm. He had a mental disorder. And it ruined his goddamn life. <laughs> not just because he killed Jack... Ru- uh, not because he killed Lee Harvey Oswald. The only piece of evidence we had mm-hmm. when it came to an assassin. But... He had all this fucking, like, reason to kill Oswald. Mm -hmm. But the way he kills Oswald is, oh, excuse me. Hey, you guys want to see a guy? Let me get back here. Hey, hey, Jeff the cop. How you doing? How you doing? Uh, You come by the strip club later, and he sees him, pop, pop, pop. Yep. That's it. That's that's the whole craziest thing about it. Mm -hmm. And part of speeding up the war report was we need to speed it up so he can't use it in his trial. We can't have him saying crazy shit at his trial that we have to admit as evidence in the Warren report. Because Jack Ruby is fucking nuts. Also known as Jack Rubenstein And you know what he said after he shot Oswald mm. in his interview? Mm. He said, I don't want I want the American people to know that a Jew can defend America. And it was what? Like what is your problem? Oh bless <laughs> It it is fascinating. Join us on our six-part, 18-hour (laughs) miniseries where we just talk about Lee Harvey Oswald. That fucking sack of potatoes.
0: Oh, my God.
1: But, yeah, so, like, the the repercussions of this are LBJ becomes president. Yes. Troop movements in Vietnam. Expansions. 500,000 extra troops are sent to Vietnam. Yeah. A fucking meat grinder of a war. Yes. No winner, no loser. We lost, in a way. We yeah. We lost. We lost. We lost at home, really mm-hmm. bad. Yes. Uh, and then after that, Nixon becomes president, and continues on with you know John Kennedy's legacy, mm-hmm. you know, with the space race, uh, with landing on the motherfucking moon, mm-hmm. because that's how you do it in America. You <laughs> overly respond to shit that way. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. I remember growing up here, like looking at history like oh so so these guys blew up a ship yeah so what did we do we burnt their country in half and lit everyone on fire oh okay a measured response (laughs) what what did i say about when we dropped the atomic bomb
2: it's like swatting a fly with a fly swatter except the fly swatter is a 90 pound sledgehammer
1: (laughs) we got that fly didn't we And his little friends, too. Yeah.
2: And the house. (laughs) And the neighborhood.
1: (laughs) We can rebuild. (laughs) Yeah, but dang. (laughs) But dang. Um, But yeah, so like, just just, that's the quick little part of it. But it is one of the biggest, if not the biggest, hardcore kill murder event in all of history. Yes. Um, Up until, you know, the end of the 60s, where it's just one after the fucking other. Yeah. Um, And going into the next one with. You know, he dies in 1963. Mm -hmm. There is a little reprieve with the Vietnam War Mm -hmm. just straggling on. And things are getting worse before they're getting better Mm -hmm. in Vietnam. Yes. Um, With the troop surge and everything, like I said. And then we have, within 1968, uh, I believe Malcolm X? No. Uh, It's Martin Luther King and Robert Kennedy. That are sixty eight, but in nineteen sixty five, uh, Malcolm X yes. is murdered by the government. Um, <laughs> Speaking of conspiracy theories, that, so yeah, you you uh, you're a big fan of the Malcolm X documentary. Yes,
2: I have watched the Malcolm X documentary on Netflix more than one human being should probably. Tell me a story about Mister Malcolm X. <laughs> well, Malcolm Little. Was born on May nineteenth, nineteen twenty-five, in the big state of, in the big city of Omaha, Nebraska.
1: Go Cornhuskers!
2: Yay! Uh, his father was Earl Little, and his mother was Louise. They had seven children.
1: As one does. Yes.
2: His father was a Baptist preacher, and. Uh, his father died in what was referred to as a streetcar accident, air quotes.
1: Quote unquote. Yes. Accident.
2: Accident. Uh, it was widely known that he was killed by the Ku Klux Klan because he was very adamant about how the Klan was acting and how race was a big deal. When uh, Malcolm X's father was murdered, or. Accidentally run over by a streetcar depending on who you ask his mother was overwhelmed and institutionalized so all seven children ended up in the system uh, Malcolm and his brother ended up in the same foster home and Malcolm was the only African American child in his school for a very long time He was academically gifted, did very well in school, and he wanted to be a lawyer. He had a gift for talking. He had a gift for speaking out and helping others. And this particular part hits very close to home with me because he went to one of his teachers and spoke to his teacher and said, I really want to be a lawyer. I think I would be a great lawyer. And his teacher said, Malcolm... No one is going to hire you to be a lawyer, but I think you're really good with your hands, so you should be a carpenter because that's a great job for an N-word. So Malcolm... Side of the time, folks. Yes. Malcolm realized then that didn't matter what he did, racism was going to follow him wherever he went. Yeah. So he turned to a life of petty crime... He moved, uh, he was still, still living around the Midwest at the time. He turned to selling drugs. Uh, he steered women for pimps, uh, breaking entering, things like that. And he ended up getting arrested just before his 21st birthday. And he was in prison uh, serving 8 to 10 years. This is where he encounters the Nation of Islam and the teachings of who at that time was considered to be the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. While he's there, he studies Islam and reads the Quran, and he said later what attracted him to that was the idea that Islam has no, there's no color in that religion. That a man is seen as a human being regardless of the color of their skin. He was released in 1952 and he immediately makes his way to Detroit where he lives with individuals from the Nation of Islam and he changes his name to Malcolm X. Uh, the idea is that he cannot verify where his last name comes from. Uh, he joins up with the Honorable Elijah Muhammad in New York and helps to build a temple following. He helps to build two temples, one in Harlem and one in LA. He builds the Harlem temple from the ground up. By night, by the end of 1959, there are 49 temples with tens of thousands of followers, thanks to Malcolm X. He gets married in 58 to Betty Shabazz, They have six children in total. Uh, Prior to Malcolm X's death, they had four, which is going to make this story even worse. He becomes good friends with uh, Cassius Clay.
1: Yeah, I know a little bit about this part of it.
2: Oh, go for it. Uh,
1: Muhammad Ali. Yes. (laughs) But also known as Muhammad X before that. Yes. uh, Is probably the most railroaded athlete. In the United States. Yes. Next to a handful of Olympic athletes from Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is it is a true underdog story for mm-hmm. Muhammad Ali. Yes. Uh, he goes from almost nothing to beating becoming the heavyweight champion of the world. Yes. Uh, to the point where he is lambasted for not joining the draft. Mm-hmm. Fun fact about Mr. Muhammad Ali, he tried joining the fucking military and he was 4F when he tried.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But because he's heavyweight champion of the world, he's now eligible for the draft,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is a crock of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, another fun thing about this is Muhammad Ali's lawyer is also good friends with Malcolm X at this time. Yes. But he's also good friends with uh, Martin Luther King. Mm hmm. Which uh, comes to a head in '68, but yeah. Uh, yeah, Muhammad Ali, big, big, proponent of Malcolm X, mm-hmm. uh, until until the last uh, until the last year of his life. Yes. Uh, they do have a falling out. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a uh, part after I believe um, Muhammad Ali had just won the uh, bout against uh, George Foreman, the Rumble in the Jungle, mm-hmm. uh, and around that time, Muhammad Ali visits Mecca. And Malcolm X is there, and he tries to speak to Muhammad, but because of Elijah Muhammad, he's told not to talk to Malcolm. Yes. And so the last thing Muhammad Ali did to his friend was shun him mm-hmm. because of Mr. Elijah Muhammad. Yes. It is, you know, you know, movie-wise, Will Smith as Muhammad Ali mm-hmm. in the movie Ali is a perfect microcosm of how that's depicted. hmm uh, and it's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, the only one close to that is Denzel Washington's Malcolm X. Oh, yeah. He did an amazing job. Yeah. Uh, he didn't get an Oscar for it. He should have. Yeah, a lot of people should have. <laughs> uh, Al Pacino should have got one for Godfather, but he didn't. Eh. They gave it to a guy with a dog. And then they gave him one for Godfather 2. And Denzel had to wait till training day. mm
2: mm-hmm. We're not going to talk about my arguments for who should have got awards when.
1: You can give out multiple awards. Give everybody a trophy. Who gives a shit? Hey, my opinion. Everybody should have got
2: one. Um,
1: but, yeah, let's get to the part where the government kills him.
2: <laughs> well, first, we got to talk about how much him and Malcolm uh, Martin Luther King like each other.
1: For about two goddamn seconds.
2: That's about right. Malcolm X was very against... Uh, Martin Luther King's theory of Gandhi's response to protesting?
1: It's very turn-the-other-cheek. Yes. Uh, Kill him with kindness. Yes. Uh, That was Martin Luther King's approach.
2: Malcolm X's theory was kill him with a gun.
1: (laughs) Well, it it was very... It it comes off the heels of what was happening in L.A. at the time. Yes. Where cops were sneaking into people's houses and murdering them. Yes. Uh, But...
2: Malcolm spent a lot of time building up the mosque in L.A., yeah, and he um, saw firsthand what was going on out there.
1: And around this time, the Black Panther Party is in L.A. hard. Yes, yes. Uh, to the point where Ronald Reagan has to enact gun laws, folks. You hear this from me. Ronald Reagan is responsible for California gun laws. Way to go, Reagan. Way to go. Conservative <laughs> motherfucker. Have a jelly bean on me, motherfucker. No, so like one of the most harshest gun laws ever are approached are encroached in L.A. and of California because the Black Panthers decided to carry guns. Yeah. Open carry guns because cops were murdering people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Willie fucking Nilly. Yeah. Uh, and this kind of spurs on into what was called like the secret home invasions. Yes. Uh, another vers- another story of this is in Detroit, during mm-hmm. the Detroit riots. Yes. Uh, if you get a chance, and it doesn't make you that uncomfortable, watch the movie Detroit. Ooh, which is a true story of how cops did, how they how they use those kind of tactics. Mm -hmm. Go into a house, hold them there without jurisprudence, and wait for them to make a move so you have justifiable reason to kill them. Yes. I'm more of a Malcolm X approach. I will say that. That you do not turn the other cheek. Uh, I believe if he puts his fucking hands on you, you kill him. (laughs) That is... (laughs) a great American way of doing things, I believe. Mm. And that's what makes him a great American in Chris <laughs> Morrison's book. I'm not saying anything lesser about Martin Luther King, but, you know, you got to break a few eggs to make this creme fish. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, one of the things that they said the documentary, which I really like, because it was said by Malcolm X's brother, which I really thought was a good way to explain it, was he said that Malcolm's theory was... We've been being passive for 400 years. Yeah, a new tactic is needed because we've been using the same one all this time and we haven't made a dent yet. Yeah. and
1: it—I will say it is—it did kind of work to a point. Yeah, to a point. Uh, there is a lot of sugarcoating about Martin Luther King throughout history.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That oh no, he was this, he was that. It's like no, he was—he could get militant too. We're, we see a lot of the peaceful side of Martin Luther King because he's a martyr. Yes. But at the end of the day, he saw the writing on the wall mm-hmm. that, hey, we need to be aggressive. Yes. And that's the only way you're going to get in, the, in this yes. world is to take it. Yeah. Like the Kennedys.
2: Now, Malcolm was very well known to get on tv and to get in front of the press any camera that anybody wanted he never backed down from an interview never backed down from a speech and he would speak to anyone that ever wanted to talk to him and he would speak to anyone the same way any reporter any interviewer didn't matter and he would speak to them with just as much respect as he was given And he would pull no punches when he spoke about Martin Luther King Jr., JFK, anybody. Uh, In fact, one of the things that gets him in the most trouble with Elijah Muhammad, which ends up being the reason he has to split from the Nation of Islam, is when John F. Kennedy is assassinated, they ask him, because he's been, up to this point, he's been hitting very hard on the JFK administration saying that they're not doing what they need to do to help quell the racism that's going on down south and the stuff that's going on in L.A. And when JFK's assassinated, Elijah Muhammad's people come to him and they say, you're not going to say one single solitary word about this. The president's been killed. It doesn't matter how you feel about him. This is our United States. We live here and he's still our president. You may not like him, but he's our president and you're going to keep quiet. And he says, you know what? I won't say a word. He has a big rally in New York. He speaks about other things and then he opens up the floor for questions. Someone stands up and says, Minister Malcolm, would you care to comment on the assassination of President Kennedy? And all Malcolm says is, This is an instance of the chickens coming home to roost. The press takes that as Malcolm shows joy (laughs) that President Kennedy was assassinated, which he has to backtrack later and say all the violence that's been uh, ignored by the administration was brought home, and that's the chickens coming home to roost.
1: But, I think it might have been subtle more subtle if he had just said, "Maybe don't drive with the top down, Dallas." Yeah, he 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 could have been a little. He could have said a hundred million things. Yeah, you know.
2: Yeah, he could have been. He a could little, have said,
1: "I can't believe the government killed the president." <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, he could. He could have been a little a little cooler about it. Yeah, but Elijah Muhammad says, "You are hereby
1: excommunicated."
2: Well, no, he doesn't full on excommunicate him immediately. He tells him, "You're not allowed to speak for us for ninety days." So, uh, Malcolm X's close people tell him, you know what? We're going to send you to Miami for 90 days. That's where he meets Muhammad Ali and becomes good friends with him. After the 90 days are up, then they tell him, you're not going to speak for us anymore. We've decided that you're done. And he leaves and decides to break out and form his own group. He travels to Mecca. He does his pilgrimage to Mecca. And during his pilgrimage to Mecca, he decides that he is going to do everything he can to soften his image. That it's not correct of him to be as... As violent as he has been he's still he's still a little rough because after this you get the big speech where he says it's the ballot or the bullet so he's still a little militant but not nearly as much as he has been
1: he's trying to soften the edge a little bit
2: yes and he actually reaches out to coretta scott king during this time malcolm uh martin luther king is in jail when he reaches out to her but he reaches out saying you know i'm not a threat to you and your family and your husband but I do want to extend the hand and say, hey, I've said some bad things about him. He said some bad things about me. How about we just kind of call it square and see if we can work together? And they're
1: actually in the process of making peace with each other. Oh, while wow, the phone is tapped. Probably. No, it was. Yeah, it was. Uh, fun fact, folks, if you don't know this, the FBI <laughs> ruthlessly tapped and followed these guys. Yes, religiously yes. to the point where there was an FBI agent in the entourage of Martin Luther King up until the day he died. Yes. The day before he died. So, and Malcolm X and Elijah Muhammad's group were also infiltrated by yes. agents of the FBI.
2: Yes, absolutely.
1: And then I, the government killed him.
2: <laughs> I'm getting there. Uh, um, Malcolm X's home was firebombed. The house was completely destroyed, but he was able to get his wife, Betty, and their four girls out of the house safely. Uh, They lost everything, all the furniture. They were able to escape with the clothes on their back, and that's all they had. Within a week, he was going to the famous Autobahn Ballroom in New York to give a speech. When three members of the Nation of Islam showed up, and when he walked out on the stage... Uh, His wife, Betty, and their four girls were on the side of the stage to see the speech he was going to give. Per his request, he had actually asked for them to be there. And Malcolm walked up to the rostrum, said the greeting, and he was shot by three individuals with a shotgun and two handguns. Two members escaped and an individual, Talmadge Hare, was apprehended at the scene by, oddly enough, uh, one of Malcolm's head security guards, who you would later discover is actually a member of the FBI who was infiltrating the system and actually was nice enough to help out that particular day. So, (laughs) a
1: little fun fact about the guys who infiltrated from the FBI's end. Uh, They were told to protect them from assassination that was also their purview mm-hmm. but a secondary purview is you collect as much goddamn information as possible mm-hmm. we can't have you know there was this idea that we can't have them be murdered on live television mm-hmm. you know this is this would be bad it would make them martyrs so the yes. object is the reason the fbi is actually there is to prevent you from becoming a martyr because mm-hmm. uh, we can't have that yes uh, another version of this is uh from eyewitness testimony, a fight had di- had broke out into the crowd.
2: Yes, it was a staged
1: incident. Yeah, it was a staged incident. And he removes himself from the dais, walks around, and tells them, Hey, break it up. Break it up. Please just break it up. And then he's murdered. Yes. By the government. Yes. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that's just conjecture. That's all it is. But three years later...
2: <laughs> now... Here's the real kicker. I didn't know this. Betty Shabazz was pregnant with twins at the time that this happened. She gave birth to their twin girls seven days after he dies.
1: Mm, Nothing but girls, huh?
2: Six girls. Jesus. Another one that I knew, but I wasn't quite sure. Um, Elijah Muhammad died later when Louis Farrakhan took over the Nation of Islam yeah Malcolm X's second oldest daughter I believe is currently serving life in jail for trying to uh have him assassinated
1: yep uh she was charged with conspiracy to commit murder yes uh yeah, Louis Farrakhan is a unique <laughs> individual.
2: Yeah, for lack of a better phrase.
1: <laughs> we, do, we do the episode of the conspiracy that white people aren't from Earth, we're going to hear a lot from Louis Farrakhan because he's the one about that. <laughs> but, you know, he could be right. White people not probably aren't from Earth. I don't know. I'm not a fucking geologist. <laughs> but going into the next one is Martin Luther King. This one plays out like a movie yes
2: so in fact there are several movies (laughs)
1: um with this one though what's really bad is all right so it's 1968 the war in vietnam is at its peak Mm -hmm. everything's just going to shit the hippies are just acting a fool (laughs) they got got good music though huh (laughs) they got good music though yes some of it like, I'm not an Iron Butterfly fan, but like, eh, mm-hmm. goddamn hippies are hippies. Uh, but what we're also doing is the the American public's look at the, the Vietnam War yes. as a whole. A lot of stuff is going south on mm-hmm. all fronts. Uh, the hippie generation is dealing with uh, Woodstock around this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, next year is Altamont, which is considered the death of the hippie Generation, mm-hmm. The murder in the Hollywood Hills of Sharon Tate and Abigail Folger and all them mm-hmm. by Charles Manson, his little band of hippies. Fun yeah. fact, folks, uh, Leslie Van Houten will be released around the time this episode comes out from prison.
2: As I said, when y'all were on Facebook live, what could she possibly have to contribute to society?
1: Jesus. She has Jesus.
2: Oh, she. She found him while she was in jail?
1: I hope she don't lose him. (laughs) Because she's going to be a real bitch on wheels when she's turned loose. Just saying. But hey, what do I know? I'm not a geologist. (laughs) Yeah, you're not a geologist.
2: You're just the guy that talks on several podcasts. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Yeah. with my friends. Till the end. (laughs) But no, so like, going into the story of You know, Martin Luther King, um, go ahead and give some, you know, some baseball card information around.
2: Born January 15th, 1929 in Atlanta, GA. Assassinated April 4th, 1968 in Memphis at the Lorraine Motel. Wife Coretta Scott King, four children, uh, was given the Nobel Peace Prize in 1964. Uh, helped to create the Civil Rights Act of 1964 and the Voting Rights Act of 1965, the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. Uh, He received his pastor, Ph.D., and his college degree in 1955 at 25 years old, all at the same time.
1: So, fun fact about that. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Baptist religion went through a change mm-hmm. during the sixties, uh, when he went to, uh, so if people that don't know the, the Baptist religion doesn't have a central leader mm-hmm. like the, like the Catholics. Uh, it doesn't have a quorum or a, of, uh, a guided body. Uh, Baptists were the first to allow women to be ministers. You know, this, you know, it's, it's a Protestant religion out of Amsterdam that came to the United States. Uh, but it also had, it created a school for would be preachers. And it's in the South.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's the only integrated school. And Martin Luther King was one of the first people to graduate as an integrated member of this school. Hmm. So that, that comes into play a lot uh, with the Baptist Leadership Conference because now it's known as the Southern Baptist Leadership Conference. Uh, which is a hardcore conservative lobby now uh, doesn't really play into the factors of what it used to be because uh, things change over time. But with that being said, like it is a it is a kind of a miracle that that is something that was integrated mm-hmm. at the time that yeah. he went. Uh, and you know Malcolm, you know going back to Malcolm X, Megra Evers, Marlon King, they're born in the twenties. Yes. They lived through a wild ass fucking time. Yes. In their teens and like early teens and twenties. Yes. This is the time of the American gangster. Mm-hmm. This is the time of Pretty Boy Floyd, Bonnie and Clyde,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Ma Barker and the Barker Allen Carpus gang. You know, these are just a whole fucking series. I would love to do about these people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But what a time to be alive! Mm-hmm. Because this was the time of fuck the man and the banks. Yes. Collectively. (laughs) I can understand why these guys who grew up in that time period seeing that shit face-to-face, especially someone like Malcolm X from Omaha, Nebraska. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: You know, I can see him seeing these guys buck the the system, buck the law and say, fuck the cops. Yeah, I could see how that changed his mindset very quickly. Yes. Um, And they all reached a different path, obviously, but Mm -hmm. it is, it is kind of that thing where we talk about, again, is like, put yourself in that time you know you know when we think about these guys we only think about the 60s we don't think about what they lived through you know mm-hmm. they lived through world war ii the gangster era you know the, the depression you know these are very bad times yes and bad times create strong people mm-hmm. and you need these strong people to create soft times mm-hmm. uh, so we can have soft people mm-hmm. like the hippies <laughs> but yeah so going go into this real quick his entourage included uh uh, Jesse Jackson mm-hmm. um, a handful of others the lawyer of Martin Luther King or uh, Muhammad Ali was there mm-hmm. at the Lorraine to at the time uh, some factual things going into this um, James Earl Ray <laughs> uh, had stood in a uh, apartment bathroom aimed his rifle at Martin Luther King while he was standing on a balcony and shot him through the neck basically killing him before he hit the ground mm-hmm. uh they even said if a surgeon, if a surgeon was there on the spot, he still couldn't have saved. Him.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. This is a fallacy. This is not true. We know this because Congress investigated this through a committee on assassinations. Mm-hmm. Uh. Coretta Scott King plays a big part of this because she sued the United States government for the death of her husband,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and won, mm-hmm. and proved James Earl Ray did not kill her husband. She went to bat for the guy accused of murdering her husband. I want you guys to step back and think about that for a second. How batshit crazy that is. If I just told you, hey, you know that guy who got killed, his wife went after the killer and got him off. You know. But it's because of a lot of extenuating circumstances going into it, which is better brought into his own episode. Like I will say this, I like to keep this just the facts as it is, but the government did say mistakes were made, Mm -hmm. blah, 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 and he died. Uh, But going back to the FBI, the FBI harangued him for a very long time. Uh, There's actually a printed out note from J. Edgar Hoover who told him basically to kill yourself. Because they found evidence of him having an affair. This is a fact. Mm -hmm. That that little you know that cyberbullying we hear all the time. Yeah. Oh, little Timmy got told to kill himself by these bullies. J Edgar Hoover was doing this shit. (laughs) Like this isn't new. Yeah. Like he told this he told this preacher to go kill himself, or we're going to release the information that you've been fucking around on your wife. And it just seems like that makes it dirtier like just makes it worse and the day before Martin Luther King is killed uh, the FBI agent that's in his entourage is forced away Mm -hmm. Um, his family is threatened at least that's what the FBI tells him Mm -hmm. and he gets back and by the time he gets back Martin Luther King is already dead and his family is okay no threat was ever made so somebody on the inside figured out how to target the FBI agent kind of like like You know, we said with Malcolm X, in charge of keeping him alive and not becoming a martyr Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and dealing information. Because the best thing about being a guard on the inside is you can keep him alive to get as much information as you need. Yes. And this is probably the biggest straight up lie of who killed Martin Luther King. Because we still don't know to this day. Mm -hmm. There's speculation, but that's it.
2: Well, the same thing happened with Uh, Malcolm X because when Talmadge Hare got arrested he confessed straight up and he said yeah I shot him I planned it and I was going to do it and I absolutely for sure did and then he said that he sat down with a bunch of other people and made a plan but he refused to say who and they arrested two other people saying these two people that were at the same uh mosque with Malcolm the Harlem mosque were known people who were against Malcolm must have been them one of them had a broken foot he was at home with his foot up couldn't have done it couldn't have run off to run away from the cops and they interviewed him in jail they interviewed the other one in jail and they said if, what would it have taken for you to get into the Autobahn ballroom that day and he said I would have had to have at least two machine guns because they would have noticed him and those two men got sent to jail for like 25 years I think one of them died in jail and the other one got released he served his time and got released but they never did it and Talmadge Hare got up at trial and said these two men are innocent they convicted him anyway because they did the thing where the evidence pointed to Talmadge Hare so they used it against everybody so since the evidence pointed to Talmadge Hare it worked for all of them
1: it's actually kind of similar to how the uh, Chicago 7 get charged you ever heard of them sounds familiar they accidentally started the riot in the 1968 Democratic Convention (laughs) yeah
2: accidentally started a riot
1: yeah so they saw one of them one of the more peaceful ones Mm -hmm. of the group uh, saw a cop about to uh, crack a kid's skull open and yelled riot there's a great movie about this on Netflix it's fantastic uh it'll make you hate the court system and the tactics of the United States government with police. But, you know, we'll get to that later <laughs> on our 12 part miniseries. <laughs> but yeah, so Martin Luther King, you know, is killed by the government Yeah. or killed by a cabal of people who are involved with the government, mainly the local government of Memphis. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause he was there not really for a civil rights issue, like on a grand scale, but for a union issue. Involving the garbage men of Memphis,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, who were being uh, the black the black uh, employees weren't being treated equally mm-hmm. on, on on all fronts, um, and he goes there to try to settle the matter, and he's considered an agitator, and so he's murdered. Um, we'll get on a, the conspiracy about this on another episode. I like like I said, keep the facts straight on this one. Yeah. But when this happens, riots break out. Yeah, across the country, the Watts mm-hmm. riots especially. That those are the big ones. Yeah. Uh, also, what happens is uh, during a televised speech, uh, during a uh, event, uh, Robert Kennedy is notified that this happens, and he breaks the news to the crowd. Uh, there's footage of this. You know, you watch it, and he's basically. Uh, I have some bad news, everyone. Martin Luther King was shot dead in Dallas, or shot dead in Memphis. Blah blah blah, and you can hear the crowd just. Fucking rip. Like, God damn. The conventions right around the corner. These are the these are the things that pick the president the the candidate for presidency, you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And like clockwork, Robert Kennedy gets killed next. And you know, from a hindsight point, this seems like a conspiracy into itself. You're killing these individuals who are trying to get shit done. Yeah. It's like dominoes. Yeah, it's like dominoes. This is the, the springboards in which, you know, a lot of legislation gets passed
0: mm-hmm.
1: up to the point where once Robert Kennedy is killed by Mr. Sirhan Sirhan, mm-hmm. which I don't really have a conspiracy about that one. I'm pretty sure he fucking did it um, because he admitted to doing it and he had motive. But this is like there's not much to say about RFK's assassination other than it was a straightforward just death. Mm hmm. In a hotel. Yeah. Kitchen. Yeah. And this is what I think, I think this is what really puts Joe Kennedy in the ground because he had had a stroke beforehand. uh, And, you know, his, he's already lost two sons and a daughter. Yeah. Because one daughter died in an airplane accident. Mm -hmm. Uh, Joe Kennedy died fighting the Nazis or an airplane accident involving bad radar from the British. John Kennedy died in Dallas. And now his third son is dead, and all that's left is Ted Kennedy, mm-hmm. Eunice Kennedy, and Rosemary Kennedy. Yeah. And Rosemary Kennedy had already been lobotomized by that point. Yeah. So, like, it's not a good look for these people. hmm They need more clam chowder. <laughs> but, you know, just going on the uh, RFK one, you know, that was the big one. Like, this guy would have won the whole thing. Yeah. LBJ had already said, I'm not going to seek re-election. I've served the rest of JFK's term, and I've done one term myself. He had every reason to keep running. Yeah. And he was within his rights, too, because it didn't break the rules, you know. But it was kind of a big thing for him to bow out. Mm -hmm. And Robert Kennedy was probably going to be the next candidate. Yeah. And everything just went to shit. Yeah. Uh, The Democrats end up losing in 1968. uh, Richard Milhouse Nixon ends up taking it, becoming the most liberal president of our time (laughs) by signing Title IX and creating the EPA. That's right, folks. He did some liberal pussy shit. (laughs) Hey. It's true. It's true. If he was alive today, you'd call him a Democrat. It's a fact. But hey, what do I know? I'm not a geologist. (laughs) So, like, Going back, like, in hindsight, let's say it's spring semester, you've made it through history, you're getting there, you get to the tail end, you make it to 1960 to 1971. How are you going to explain to these kids that it's not a conspiracy? My whole thing would be,
2: one of the reasons that, I know as much as I do about Malcolm X is...
1: Because you sleep listening to the documentary.
2: That and... Malcolm X has always been the one I was interested in. And this is not to knock the others. Because Malcolm X to me was always... I like a comeback story. Malcolm X started out rough and got better. I like his story of this is what you can do if you clean yourself up. If you realize, eh, I started out pretty much as a criminal, and I got it together. And I, you can change yourself. You can, you can pull it around if you try. If you, if you focus and you see that you can do better, you can do better if you try. I used to have a thing on my classroom door that said that was a quote from Malcolm X, and the first picture was his mugshot, and the second picture was one of the last pictures of him before he had been assassinated. And it was a quote from him that said, uh, stumbling is not falling.
1: Getting shot on stages.
2: Die (laughs) it. And that picture really resonated with a lot of my students. Because as teachers, we tell them so much how much they have to prepare for things you have to really study you have to really take notes you have to really know all this material so you can take all these tests and go to college and succeed and do so well but we never tell them what happens if you know life happens and oops you know everybody's a human being we don't talk to them about what happens when life hits you so that was one of the reasons why Malcolm X always spoke to me more than the rest of them I like the rest of them, and I like teaching what they're about, too, because when I taught English, I really used to teach Martin Luther King's Letter from a Birmingham Jail, because everybody taught the I Have a Dream speech. To me, the Letter from a Birmingham Jail has a lot more... He's got a lot more anger, but he's very calm in the way he delivers it. Yeah. And he also has to figure out how to say, I want to beat your head in, without saying, I want to beat your head in. (laughs) And I used to have my kids sit down and write the letter from a Birmingham jail as if Malcolm X had wrote it. And that is hilarious to read if you ever want to just get a giggle in.
1: Um, Yeah, they are two different Solutions to a problem. Yes, that's how. That's the best way I think I would say it to kids. Yeah, definitely. you could turn the other cheek like <laughs> a good Christian, or you could be like those other Christians who burnt those motherfuckers out their houses. Yeah. <laughs> hey, whatever floats your boat. You're doing it for Jesus. <laughs> uh, and I think that's another big part of it. You know how much religion played a part in this. Yes, especially for someone like Malcolm X, a Black Muslim in America and a Baptist preacher from the South. Mm-hmm. These these guys have similar religious backgrounds because and the teachings are very similar, but application is so fucking far far from the left and right. Absolutely. Um, and then you have you know two figures, two brothers who have a, who actually tried to make change in the country who are are killed. Mm-hmm. Um, I had the Fortunate thing to go to DC and saw John F. Kennedy's grave, but right next to it, in a, with a small cross, is Robert Kennedy's grave. Yeah, it's very I've seen sm- that too. It's very small. Yeah, uh, but it, it's humbling because he was a big figure as well. You mm-hmm. know? He he was part of the original Kennedy administration. You know,
0: yeah,
1: nepotism played a big deal in that. So, mm. uh, but their legacy continued on with you know Eunice Kennedy creating the Special Olympics and. Uh, the truth about Rosemary Kennedy coming out in the 80s before she died. And then Ted Kennedy killing that girl.
2: <laughs> mumble, mumble. Mumble,
1: mumble. He killed that girl.
2: <laughs> yeah, he did.
1: It wasn't an accident in Chappaquiddick. <laughs> anyway, folks, if you want to look up more about Chappaquiddick, there's a, 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 a plethora of conspiracy theories about the Kennedys and how uh. Ted Cruz... Killed one of them. <laughs> but yeah, so... You know, like like I said, these are only just five big figures in the Civil Rights Movement. These were the ones that kept the movement alive. Mm-hmm. Became martyrs. Yeah. Uh, even. But left a, a very large legacy to follow behind.
2: One of the things... Another thing, too, and this is going to sound really weird, but another thing, too, that I always thought was interesting, especially with this group, not only do you have these powerhouse men... You also have just the same number of powerhouse women that came after them. Oh, yeah. Because not only do you have to be a powerhouse woman to be able to stand next to these kind of men, but you also have to be a powerhouse woman to be able to stand there after they're
1: gone. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, Miss Evers, got, Evers. Go through it. Miss Evers. Yeah. Literally pu-
2: had to clean her driveway yeah, but by pu- herself when this was over with. But
1: pushed and pushed and pushed. Mm-hmm. Got the help that was needed. Yep. And drove it home. Yep. Jackie Kennedy. Yeah who lived in perpetual PTSD yep. for a very long time, mm-hmm. but made a strong front, not only on Air Force One, but on the funeral dais. And from then on, after that,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Martin Luther Scott King yep. fought the good fight to prove that her husband was murdered mm-hmm. by a higher-powered entity, that is, the government.
0: Mm-hmm. Malcolm
1: X's wife had to struggle And keep the memory alive and maybe should have taught her daughters to hide conspiracy of murder charges better. (laughs) She also became a doctor and uh, a professor. Yeah. Uh, And then, you know, Robert Kennedy's wife still had a big thing to do as the last Kennedy wife. Mm -hmm. Because Jackie Onassis became Jackie Onassis. Yeah. Yeah. And married away and moved to Greece. She wanted to get away from everything because she earned the right to. Yeah. So the last Kennedy wife was Barbara Kennedy's wife. Mm-hmm. who With her 1,000 kids. Yeah. Her baseball team of kids.
2: Yeah, literally.
1: But, yeah, I think that's a good way to end off. You know, it's, this is these are always fun episodes to do. Um, just kind of go back and forth and just getting the facts out mm-hmm. and doing the conspiracies later. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so I think this has been a great episode. Thanks again for being being here with me as my co-hosts. Hopefully, Always. guys, we can get more episodes about it. And plus, we have another episode uh, about Christy. Hey! A big, big, uh, big episode coming on that. Uh, let us know in the Discord. She's more active in it than I am because <laughs> I have a, I have a life. Uh, uh,
2: I do, too, but I keep getting notifications from people that want to talk to me. So
1: Talk to them. I talk Reach back. out to her. Her job only starts in a little while, you have plenty of time to bother her. (laughs) All right, folks, thank you guys for listening. We always love doing these things. Uh, Like again, Chrissy, thanks for being here. Check out all the other shows in the network. You reach out to us in the discord. It's always in the description Mm -hmm. and y'all have a good night. Have
2: a good one.
0: You've been listening to the something good network. If you liked what you heard, you can follow us on Instagram. And check out the other great shows on the network. Link is in the episode description.